calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover. And you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Fireteam Chat, iTunes Destiny Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Today in the studio with me is Sean Finnegan. Chop chop. Steven Rue. Hello. And I'm here in the host spot just for today. Destin is out to Canada getting, uh, I think some much needed R&R. Great White North. The Great White North. Fran Mirabella, as many people still post in the comments, is no longer working at IGN, but he is here in spirit. We'll talk about uh, some of those moments uh, in our conversation today. On today's show, we are actually going to discuss uh, a major reveal that is now in the game. Uh, spoilers. Pull pork, he messed up. Uh, answering questions about triumphs, titles, defining hardcore versus casual, as well as some other comments that people had in the chat. And to cap it off, we'll take a quick look at some of our best Fireteam chat moments in 2018. Uh, right off the bat, I didn't know what was going on in this. I saw this, and I did not watch the episode that you guys talked about this already. Oh, yes. Yeah. Spoiler about warning. Spoiler warning. So if you don't mm. want to talk about or hear about it, skip ahead like Skip ahead minutes. just a few minutes. We won't focus on it too long. I didn't know. Now, I stayed in the dark. I was away for that episode, and I intentionally did not dive into what this was. And I'm glad I didn't because I got a chance to watch it in-game as Steven was playing, and it was crazy for me. Riven in that moment where we were taking out Aldrin, he's now back because Pulled Pork revived him. Mm -hmm. As his guardian. What a mess up! What was that ghost thinking? Well, technically he didn't know it was him. I know, but that's the other crazy part. So, Steven, give us a little synopsis of what happened in the trailer. Uh, the ghost Pulled Pork, which is a Grimoire card. Uh, the ghost is called Pulled Pork. He's been looking for his guardian for a really long time. Uh, the guardians almost kind of feel bad for him. Um, and they feel bad for him. Yeah. Cause he can't find a guardian. Okay. That, that's, that's fair. That's I know like a that. very distressing thing for ghosts that, it, that you can't find a guardian. You know, what's distressing watching him find Aldrin. That was distressing. Yeah, so then that he, moment that he rezzed Aldrin and yeah. then a lot Aldrin's of things. a guardian. I mean, we already talked about it earlier, but like, yeah. there's a lot of things that could come from this, but he doesn't know he's Aldrin. Yeah. So or he doesn't know he, what he did. Right. He has yeah. no, he has no memories of his, of his past life. Yeah. yeah. So when I was watching that, a part of me obviously 
wished it was Cade. I did not think it was. But I don't know why I just didn't think of Aldrin. I think because of the way the story ended, we put Aldrin in the grave. There was no mention of him after that. I really – like it did surprise me. I'm not sure what I was expecting or who I was expecting it to be. Uh, but the moment he set up – and you were watching me as as I thought. Yeah, she was, like, was shocked. Right when I saw the ghost rezzing something or someone in the Dreaming City, I was like, oh, it's going to be Aldrin. Mm. I just figured he would potentially be – like I'm not sure what they would have done with him. I just like to see him sitting there in the middle. I, my brain was not thinking that was Aldrin. We I'm not sure to, what they would have done with the body, right? Well, we talked a little bit about it on the show, but like yeah. I think this is actually – you know how when we finished the campaign the first time when Forsaken launched, we all kind of thought that the way Aldrin's story ended and the way like we saw him kind of die, yeah. like it being off camera and stuff, that we weren't really happy with that. Yeah. I said on the last episode or the episode where we talked about this leak that them Bungie bringing him back, I think it's a bold move. And I think like narratively, it's a twist that a lot of people didn't see coming like you. And I think it adds another level like this is now potentially the third act of uh, Aldrin's story, which is really interesting. Because if they had left him where he was, like in the grave, like we see him die off camera. We don't even get to pull the trigger ourselves like the end of Forsaken campaign. Like that didn't seem like a fitting end to me. Now – is this a fitting end? I don't know because we got to see how it plays out, but it is certainly really interesting. It is because so my brain kept thinking like, and and Steve and I were talking a little bit about this off camera. I was obviously aware that okay, he's not going to have any memories. I'm just like, Ikora's going to want to nova bomb him in the head, and everybody's going to like not like him being around when he shows up. But I did start thinking about our guardian. Now, Stephen, you were saying you didn't really agree or, or think much of this. Yeah, what? I always think now, what were we doing before we got revived in the Cosmodrome? Well, we don't know. Exactly. It's like one of the great mysteries of our Guardian's history, right? It, it really is. And so there's not much detail, Grimoire, about that. And to me now, that is immediately where my mind went after seeing Aldrin get revived. I mean, that's one of the great things about Destiny is like the deeper you look into like the Grimoire and you start reading the lore behind the items and stuff, like there's a great history and sort of meta narrative that exists like in the shadows of yeah. Destiny that is really, really interesting. And I've been diving a lot into it recently, just reading on like Destinypedia and stuff because I've been doing uh, title grinding. But there's so much out there that there's, I don't know, there's a wealth of stuff that you can dive into that's really interesting, and I think this is just one aspect of it, you know? Yeah, well, well, I was saying I don't think there's anything there in terms of us. Like, Mm. I think the reason why, I was telling CJ this, I think the reason why we don't talk or that we didn't have, like, we weren't a special figure before we were a guardian was because it's supposed to be. We say a few words. It's supposed to be us. Yeah. Like, literally us as the guardian. Totally. So when we die, we were just like... I don't know. We probably got shot in the face by a fallen or something. <laughs> also, like, it wouldn't be all that interesting if we all guardians had a similar backstory. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. telling yeah, CJ. Yeah, yeah. The second they give us a backstory, it's Except no longer players. us. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. I, that's why I don't think there's anything to it or any any story there. But it is cool that other guardians have like backstories. Oh yeah. For well, sure. th- that's what I mean. I think that's what's weird is that we're this notorious guardian again who kills these gods and takes out all these things, and we were just some random dude hanging out in the cosmodrome, like oh, yeah. fall well, and killed that's, me. Oh, that's the whole logo I, they has become legend. And I and I get yeah. that. And so, but it is cool to think about that 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 could be a possibility. I actually agree with you. I don't think that they'll like you know focus on our backstory. Oh, you agree with me? Huh? I do. I mean, come on, <laughs> Stephen. I can admit it when I think that you're right. I mean, Stephen has. 
proven correct a few times, uh, Mr. Nostradamus over there. We'll talk about that later. But you also said something I think that was pretty unique about this oh, situation, yeah. that if they actually did lean into some of these details, there was a cutscene from a previous yeah, uh, so cutscene in D1. If you, There are a lot of old assets or old concept arts that have made it into Forsaken and Black Army and stuff like that. For instance, we got Thunderlord from a fallen captain in the wall of the Cosmodrome. And if you remember, in in the very first gameplay reveal trailer, they kill the captain in that same area and he drops a Thunderlord. Like that. Do you, do you remember that? Yeah. I mean, not specifically. <laughs> yeah. When they first showed off Destiny, it was in the Cosmodrome. It, it was the exact same mission as the Thunderlord mission that we got in Destiny 2. And that's some of the reason why I think people wanted it to drop there versus going back. Yeah. Like So get, we got Thunderlord it. there. Uh, the raid boss... There's concept art of him a long time ago from D- D1. People were saying oh, it would be really cool if he was in D2 when he was the raid boss. Mm. Now there's a cutscene in the uh, official Destiny gameplay reveal trailer where you are in the Cosmodrome um, and Aldrin pulls a gun on you. And then he says, why is the entire city breathing down my back? He doesn't know why. It plays oh, perfectly snap. into what happened now. Wait, this is from Destiny... Destiny one, one before the game came out, the very first, and game things got there. cut. And I'm, wow. yeah. I, and I'm assuming that trailer or that cutscene with Aldrin makes it in its uh, way. So into the game is this like incredible foresight and meticulously detailed planning from the Bungie team, or were they like, hey, you know what would be cool? Yeah, <laughs> if I we mean, went back, well, <laughs> we aren't devs, but I'm sure they had all these crazy ideas and things didn't make it into the game, and then. It made it into Forsaken, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which kind of brings us to a little bit of the next topic is, I mean, Sean, you've been vocal about this. You're always saying, okay, maybe the stories, you know, you want to see some of the stuff that was in the Grimoire cards. I think they've done a really good job of bringing that into Forsaken with this new UI and triumphs and lore and all that stuff in the game. Is this one of the greatest Destiny cutscene reveal moments in the game? Ooh. I mean, I think it's good. Yeah. I don't think... I think maybe a little bit of its thunder was stolen from me because I saw the leak. Right. So I didn't. But when get you to... saw the leak, were you like, "Oh snap"? <laughs> yeah, I was really interested. I thought it was cool, man. Uh, I don't know how it ranks as far as like top Destiny moments or cutscenes for me. Like, uh, I'd really have to go back and look at that stuff. Um, it's pretty high for me though, because I think a combination of just it, it caught me off guard. That was a thing that I just I don't know why I wasn't thinking that was Aldrin. Are we talking about like in-game cutscenes or even like trailer story trailers well, and stuff? Yeah, like in-game cutscenes or even just something that was revealed that you're like, whoa, that was a pretty big moment. Like something, I think that's up there. Something that really rings high for me is the Rise of Iron stuff, just because I thought like the moment that Lord Saladin pulls out that giant flaming yes. hammer. Oh, and he runs at the fallen. Yeah. Yes. And the stuff with the wolves. I mean, look at the shirt that I'm wearing, right? There you go. Yeah. Like that is a good is... cutscene. Thanks, man. Yeah, like I love that one. Um my Even. favorite cutscene is when Cade fights the Scorn. That is a really cool That's one also too. really good. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, you get to see him blade barrage and. Oh, I guess it is an in game. Dab a Scorn with his helmet. In that first mission, the same sort of thing when yeah. Cade, uh, like, he's like, we need to get to the bottom really quick. And then he, like, looks up. Oh, and then, like, his hard cuts to him, like, writing <laughs> it down rodeo style, <laughs> so like, great. in slow motion. Like, yeah. that's such a great moment. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so that was obviously pretty big uh, reveal this week. Well, here's a question. Yeah. Where do you think this is going to, like, land? Like, G- Good question. Where? 
I mean, I think, you know, we obviously are looking at other future things coming up, like Penumbra and whatever the next, uh, like, untitled DLC is after that. I don't think that this, because they really said that they're not going to lean much into story for these DLCs. To me, if they do one more, again, which would be the equivalent of, like, Rise of Iron, that might be the, you know, the capping off of Destiny 2 if they do another big DLC in September next year. You think we're going to wait till September to see Aldrin again? I don't like I mean not I mean, so, not see him. Could, I, I think that there's a chance. Do you guys think Aldrin might show up in the tower in Cade's old spot or do you think that no. will never happen? I, I don't know. Like I'm excited to see the queen. Well, we have to wait 3 weeks now. Yeah. But that's when the queen's going to come back, but I'm excited to see that. Like I'm excited to see how they weave it in. Like yeah. I know that they've said that they're not I know that Bungie said that they're not going to focus too much on story with this upcoming gameplay or with these upcoming updates, but like I think that you reveal a major story element like this, you let it play out in the universe kind of in a subtle way, right? Like, it would be really cool if the season of the whatever ended up being the finale of that kind of arc, you know? Yeah. Like, I would love to see just how this story plays out. Um, I don't think it'll be... I think they've said that they're not going to focus on story stuff just to temper people's expectations. Like, people like me who want, you know, a six-hour campaign, know narrative, linear. Like, I that think they're saying that to, like... Four to six yeah. <laughs> like, I think they're tell, they're saying that so that people like me don't come like hope for that kind of thing. Yeah. But I do think that there will like that these kind of narrative threads will be at least I hope they, you know, are sort of followed up on in season of the drifter and season of the redacted. Yeah. These yeah. are the kind of things when when they say surprise and delight that they're not putting in there that yeah, I think we're going to get off and on through it and they'll just kind of drop them when they see fit sort of thing. Yeah, okay. Um yeah, now moving on real quick. Uh, we're going to talk just about a couple people's questions as well as what we're doing this week. Um, the third Forge just got released a little while ago. I haven't got a chance to make it there yet. There's been a lot of stuff. We're wrapping up the end of the year. Uh, Stephen, Sean, you guys both grinded. And did, did you get to the Forge yet or no, Sean? I've done the first two. I haven't done the third one. Okay, so Sean hasn't opened up. I've been busy doing something else. I was going to say, we'll get to that. But Stephen, <laughs> real quick, uh, what's your take on the third Forge? Obviously, uh, I did watch some gameplay. It's a little bit bigger. It's this is the like, Izanagi Forge? Izanami. Izanami, yeah. Izanami. It's, um, it seems seems like it, there's a little bit more strategic movement and play, I guess, if you have to be in different areas, but not, not really. nothing Chucking major, balls. Right? No, yeah. Not really. I mean, like, the quest itself was a doozy. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. That took me took me a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to do so many heroic events, public events. Uh, you have to find lost sectors. It's It's a lot. And, like... I did it on all three characters for the second forge and the first forge. The second forge, doing it on all three, took a lot out of me. I can't even. I don't even know if when I'm going to do it for all second three. Second forge, on this one. the prequest. Yeah. Unlock it, and that's yeah. the easy one. I mean, it was easy, but it was still like tedious. This one like, is. Yeah. This one is actually longer than some of the campaigns of like the War Mind and stuff. Like, oh man, yeah, it's a lot, and yeah, I mean, but like. So I wish it was account based. So here, yeah. Mm. So that I think I've heard that a lot. Uh, again, Destin, he's been in this weird position where he's been fairly salty about it, and yet he's still doing it. So it's funny because <laughs> it, I, whether or not Destiny is the game you know he loves to hate or hates that he loves it secretly, he's still playing it, and he, he keeps saying, you know what? It still just really feels good to shoot things. Yeah. Well, we all agree about that, and, and that's the thing. You, it does keep you playing. Steb right? brought up something really interesting on Discord the other day, which is that. At least personally for him, and you can speak to this uh, mm-hmm. a bit better, I think. Uh, you said that 
you would much rather be doing this forge style mechanic where you can do the same things over and over again and the same activity over and over again to grind a specific weapon that oh, you yeah. have in your inventory rather than go into a strike and grind the same strike out and RNG pray to RNGs yeah, that you get the thing like, that you want. I remember like when we would grind uh grass malic, you you melt you melt her and then you like wipe and get Oh no! Well, it was it was you melt her so fast before the final encounter, and then you wipe, and it takes you right in front of her, and you just keep doing it again. And I do remember it was exciting when you saw a, a, a purple engram draw, but it could have been grass malic, or it could have been the warlock bond. And then you have to hope it's a fifty-fifty chance when you get the engram, and then you have to hope it's the right rolls. That grind, I don't, I don't think that's a good grind. Like mm-hmm. this grind, you're doing it. Uh, you know what you're gonna get. You have a choice between two weapons. Like last week was the what sniper and Hankin yeah, got yeah. the god roll both. I saw I did, that. I did not. Um, I got a snapshot uh, sniper, which is pretty good. But Steven got a snapshot kill clip. Kill clip. Yeah, yeah, but you get to choose which weapon you want to grind for. It's guaranteed, and now you're just solely grinding for the uh, for the rolls. Roll, and yeah. I think that's that's a good grind. Yeah. It's I mean, better for sure. It is what Destiny is. Uh, it's funny. I mentioned in the comments last week for uh, to people let me know Escalation Protocol. How many runs have you done? Do you guys know how many runs you've done? Steven, I know you've done tons of runs. Yeah. But the reason why I was salty, and some people are in the same boat, Steven got the Escalation Protocol shotgun on the first run. Yeah. Did you also get it on the first run? Uh, On my very first completion of level seven back in the day, I got – I think it was with you guys. I think you got the SMG. I got the no, I got the shotgun and the sniper on the same. The worst. Oh, because it was it was the uh, worst. Everything can drop thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I got lucky, but I would have kept going if I didn't get it. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean. I know what you're about to bring up. Actually, go ahead and bring it up. Okay, well, so here, there's a, there's a couple of people in the comments who are kind of, uh, they were, they were siding with me a little bit, but then they were also like, you know, 23 runs, bro, you know, get good. That's, that's not a lot. Um, there's some people, uh, crazy one, six one, it's 43 runs, no EP shoddy. Um, Spastech, a hundred boss kills, no EP shoddy. Feels bad, man. Absolutely. Um, 70 runs, uh, 56 runs, 30 runs. 40 to 50, 23, um, you know, click, kill Billy, uh, Sophia, Dustron, Joseph Lee. There's a bunch of people in there who did it around that many times and, and got it, and so they were grinding. But there are first-timers as well. Uh, C-Sharp 57, John Collins got on their first completion, uh, at which point in time Martin Drake jumped in. Yeah, I did it one time, and then I never did it again. <laughs> and then a few, like, post down, Dan Sheridan, and we all hate you. <laughs> which I is mean, kind of like that's – what that thing does in Destiny when you when you hear people's stories, it's like, oh, I did it the first time, got it. I did it like a hundred times, like some of the people, and have not yet got it. Yeah, um, you know, it is one of those funny things how RNG works. I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to weigh in on. Is like, why are we bringing this up? Because are we trying to like point out that RNG sucks for some people and it doesn't for others? Because like, yeah, I guess we know that. Right? We do like, know that. So let's... sometimes it's really good for you. Other times it's really not. And right? when it's bad, sometimes like maybe when it's attached to a title. Uh, let's talk about that. What a good segue. What a good segue. segue. Sean Finnegan, Greg uh, Greg. playing a lot of the content to grind for these new titles. Now, this was something for me that I thought once they, they showcased the lore tab and Destiny 2 turned into a collection game, I really enjoyed it. And it's kept me playing for some of that reason. Like, I do love the gameplay and all the rest of those things. You recently just unlocked what? Yeah, so I finally, uh, unlocked my 
dredging title from there you Gambit. go and uh i was while I've, I've been on this grind for like the last two or three weeks or so i've just been playing a ton of gambit and uh <laughs> only gambit <laughs> yeah it really it really takes a lot of gambit left the holiday party early i went home to early go to home <laughs> well because Respect. i had to make sure that i had it for today's show that oh, was the big thing. Like, I, I did not want destin challenged me he was like you can't get it by the he did challenge you. yeah he was yeah. like you can't do it by Screw the show you, and got yeah, him i have it it's on got him there it is check out my twitter screenshot get, is on there get good uh <laughs> But it brought up a lot of really interesting things, which is like while I was on this grind, one, I was way more in tune with a lot of the sort of minor story elements that opened up the lore. And for me, that's a really big thing. So, for instance, I didn't ever really pay attention to the stuff that the drifter said in sort of the pregame lobby, like Mm -hmm. when you're loaded in, but you're not like, you know, you're sitting across from the other team and whatnot. Um, But he'll say really interesting things like there's this one where uh, you get fallen and he's like, no one hated uh, the Fallen more than Saint-14. And then yeah, he goes, people that. say that he's dead, but I don't buy it. And I'm a Titan. I have that helm. And I'm like, wait, Saint-14s might still be around? <laughs> and immediately I have to go to Destiny PD and like look up Saint-14 and see what happened and stuff. And that's really awesome to me. So that's really cool. But then it got it led into this discussion that we all had over lunch a few days ago where we were talking about how titles are maybe one of the best decisions Bungie has made about what to put in the game and then how they've implemented them is also really, really good. Yeah. Because one, they're almost how they implement it. Exactly. We'll do the caveat. Yeah, we'll get into that, right? So I can only speak I haven't grinded for any of the other titles besides Dredgen, and I know that Dredgen of the titles is the least prone to RNG. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Although some elements are still RNG based. And unbroken doesn't have much RNG either. Right. Yeah. Yeah, It takes a while to get, but Right. Uh but what I like about it is one, it is it is a grind, right? It takes a lot of gambit and you kinda can't be just losing, right? You gotta be winning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it's faster if you win. Way faster if you win. Well, also at the higher levels of your infamy rank, you don't get points for losing. So the only way to increase your infamy rank there is actually by completing the bounties, which are limited per week, right? Yeah. But the point is that I think titles are great because uh, they're really exclusive, right? Because they're difficult to get. Not a lot of people have them. They display like externally so other people can yeah, have them. Yeah, I think them. it's so cool. I yeah, remember like, the first time I saw someone in, uh, in the tower with the title and I was like, all right, I need to get a title. Yeah, yeah so that exactly. was the thing. Is Motivation. Like, I, I had a buddy like – uh, he was like, "Hey, what is that dredging thing?" And I was actually like, "I don't know. Yeah. That's really cool." And I had cool. to go look it up. Uh, I chose dredging because it's the simplest one to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I don't think that makes it the easiest, but it is the simplest. Just, All yeah, of- just because it's the simplest to get doesn't mean it's easy. Like yeah. none of them are easy to get. None of them are easy to it get. Requires a crap ton of game yeah game. but dredging specifically is simple because all it requires is that you play a metric ton of gambit <laughs> like that's all it really requires yeah. and, and gambit is a good game mode like we we always talk about how you know what makes game modes good or bad i think sleeper and obviously skill breaker oh, oh queen's Dude, breaker no one even okay i need it i need to go on a rant. oh steven's yeah. gonna go hold on, on back up real quick breaker to drop people <laughs> got it people got in my com or when i posted about this on twitter people got in my mentions they were like it's so easy if you just like sleeper team up and i was like dude no one uses sleeper anymore but queen's breaker Queensbreaker. I got Queensbreaker for the first time two days ago. There you mm-hmm. go. And this was when uh, Sean was still uh, grinding Gambit. It's like, dirty. there's literally nothing for me to do in Gambit anymore except because you have the title. Yeah, yeah, I have the title, and I've done all the uh, the, the the other uh, achievements for it. Yeah. So I was like, all right, Sean, I, I'm gonna test this bad boy out. 
So you got Bungie, you got to do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> you I, literally don't have to aim. Yeah, yeah, I I as someone who the only way you can counter it is to not fight it. It was yeah. terrible. It was yeah. to the point where I was calling out my kills beforehand. They were like, "Before you take a shot, call it out." I was like, "All right, I'm gonna kill this guy. Kill. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna kill this guy. Kill." It was. It's terrible. It, here's the thing. The first time I actually never got killed with a headshot, I said to Steven, what's going on? Why is my screen all white? Because yep. nine times out of ten when you get Queensbreaker, no, it also blinds you. It, yeah. it blinds you yeah. and you don't if it get, doesn't kill if you. It doesn't it kill you. you. But it's crazy. So I'm interested to see if that will stick around very long. Or I mean, they nerfed, they they, nerfed Sleeper They ammo. nerfed the ammo. Yeah. What's crazy is that so they nerfed Sleeper because everyone in the world whined that it was imbalanced yeah. and it was breaking Gambit. But if you have Queensbreaker, it, it's no way – like yeah. Sleeper never even approached this level. No, like no, Queensbreaker so broke. And the reason like, why no one complained about Queensbreaker before is not a lot of people had it. Everyone exactly. had Sleeper, but trust me, yeah, Queensbreaker is the e- – there's got to be a bug. <laughs> like it's aim it in a guardian's aim, general aim at direction. Their knee, <laughs> aim at their knee and cap. hit them in the head. No, you don't even need to aim. You can hit fire kneecap and yeah. it'll hit them in the head. Like it's crazy. There were times where I was laughing out loud to myself. I know. Like how was that a kill? It is fun in like the most broken way. Fun, which is almost like what we said with but like, Prometheus lens. But, but, but again, yeah. everyone had. Well. Yeah, but yeah. everyone had Prometheus. Lens, yeah, right. So that's the difference, yeah. right? Like that's balanced. Is everyone has it, right? Yeah. Even if it's broken, but like this is imbalanced because not a lot lot of people have it right yes. and it's so easy to get kills yeah the only way to fight against it and when people are queens breakering is that a verb yeah. it is now skill breaking uh, yes. skill breaking <laughs> you just hide like when you, you know that they invite you just don't peek people that's yeah. the only way to fight against it so i did ironically <sighs> get it about a week or two ago and i got it in gambit <laughs> and it just of seems course. so wrong but uh, i'm enjoying it I but let's say. let's let we went a little off topic here yeah. but the titles, titles right so yes. i think it's awesome that they did that they put in titles, and I hope yeah. that they put in more. I hope they okay. do as well. Like, yeah. think about really all of the really cool things that there are in Destiny for people to do and yes. that people love to do for which they might be able to earn a title, right? Yeah. Like, it would be so awesome. And the RNG component is, I guess, what we want to focus on. Um, Steven, real quick, what's your take on it? Because I, I think that in some ways it's good, but it does frustrate you if you get to the point where you earn up to that area of, you know, especially ah. Dredgen, and you don't get the ship or the Sparrow, and you're playing for a long, long period of time. And the reason why I brought up all the people who have potentially done uh, the EP shoddy escalation protocol. So like a hundred and some matches and not getting that shotgun, that is painful. I will say though, if you don't have the EP shoddy or any of the EP weapons now, do it now because they've added, they've added like a mechanic where you increase, get, get an increased chance at the drop rate after a completion. Is that, I, is that, uh, into the, uh, the symbols or the uh, sorry, I'm blanking on what we call them. Actually, yeah. No, the uh, the titles is that in is that uh, yeah. mechanic in you, there? You need the, all the weapons for Wayfair. No, but I mean, Ooh, is the mechanic in there where the more you play, no, the, it's just totally it's only random. for EP. Sh- like, yeah. if you want the EP shoddy, uh, play up to wave seven, kill the boss, and then you can actually start from wave six again. So that's that's faster. And then every time you don't get it, like it took you five tries, right? We uh, well that day, yeah, I was on like seventeen day, or something. Yeah. Or 16, like the people maybe. who said it took them a hundred times, I guarantee you it's before they implemented that. Right. Like, there's no way you can do it a hundred times and not get it now. So that, that was my thing. Is like when it comes to the dredging title, like I maybe killed over like from beginning to end of the grind, I maybe killed fifteen or seventeen meatballs. meatballs. Yeah. Yeah. And. The truth is, you have to play so much Gambit just to reset your Infamy rank three times to get that Ghost. Yeah, unless that you... there's no way you're not going to get the ship yeah. and the Sparrow 
through just regular playing of yeah. that. Type. Unless you're just that bad and the, never kill that's people. That's the thing is, unless you don't kill it, <laughs> yeah, at which right. point, get good, yeah. right? Because like, <laughs> I can see, yes, it is RNG whether or not you get the servitor, and it is RNG whether or not it decides to drop. Yeah. What isn't RNG is if you can't kill him. Yeah. <laughs> like that is if you just suck. But what if the but, entire other team has Queenbreaker bow? <laughs> but it so, probably does get harder over time though, <laughs> for real. Because yeah, it like if people start getting way better weapons and start getting Queensbreaker, it becomes a little bit more difficult for I sure. mean, maybe, but here's the thing. I I grinded Dredgen without Queensbreaker up until the very end when I got Queensbreaker and then guess what I actually don't use it because yeah, people just hide from me I use thousand it. voices which yeah. for me it allows me to hit people behind walls a lot yeah or I can just like skim them or like when people yeah, are depositing it's, moats it's you can just great. you can do like a diagonal move across it and hit yeah, all so of them awesome. yeah it's really good a uh, thousand voices might be the only heavy that's as yeah. good as Queensbreaker and Gambit yeah. right, but back to the RNG point yeah uh for titles like Wayfair, I don't mind. Wayfair requires you to do a bunch of uh, adventures on each planet, and you can only do that when it's the waypoint. You need to kill like a bunch of high value targets. There's a, there's a lot to do in Wayfair, but there's also you have to complete the associated badges mm-hmm. for each thing, and like a badge requires you to get all the armor and weapon drops of that DLC. Like there's a badge for Curse of Osiris, badge for Warmind. For things like that, I don't mind when there's um rng involved because like wafer you know when you see someone wafer they did all the uh lost sectors and all that and they've got every single armor piece and weapon in a dlc but when it comes to like uh like uh curse breaker and riven's bane mm. like i am literally i just need the ship from the shattered shore for uh curse breaker and i've done it on every character every time it's up don't have it so that RNG is preventing me from being curse breaker and then Rivensbane you need um you need all the armor and all the weapons which is fine except for <laughs> thousand voices which is a low drop i have thousand voices but you also need the the the, the ship the sparrow and the ghost i don't have the ghost or sparrow and i've done last wish 32 times that's all i need wow. at when when <laughs> RNG affects titles like that i don't yeah. think it should matter yeah. i mean so we talked a little bit about this because we were, t- you know, I posted on Twitter and there were people going back in my mentions, but I don't think that you can, I don't think that it's the right to adjust RNG or remove RNG. The RNG rate or whatever Bungie's determined for these drops is what it is because they yeah, made a decision. But it right? shouldn't be a title requirement. But I do think that there's a problem when people are working towards something and they feel like, Something's preventing them from getting to where they want, and it's something they can't control. That yeah. is a problem. So yeah. when you've done like Last Wish 32 times and you just haven't gotten it, yeah. like that feels like, okay, I'm now not in control of it. This RNG mechanic is preventing me from getting here. That can be frustrating. I can get, but like, what's the answer? I don't think taking RNG out or making it non-random. Well, so the, the answer. So right? the answer, I think, is what's in Escalation Protocol, where, I mean, obviously they're keeping track of a lot of the stuff, like, deep into the system of the game, where if you do X the amount of runs, it should, you know, become easier. Progressively get, increase progressively your chance. Progressively increase your chance. Yeah. And I think if they did something like that, you obviously, if you had super bad luck, you'd get to the point where, I mean, if you do run it, like you said, 60, 70 times and you don't get it, like, that's going to be annoying. At some point in time, it's going to – I mean, that's Destiny's biggest problem is that you get to the point where you don't care. So there needs to be a time where it feels approachable and yet difficult. Yeah. But you can't get to the point where you're like, you know what? I don't care about this anymore, and so then you don't do it. I, I do agree. You don't want to ever want to get to that point. But I do disagree with that it should be easier 
Like you should get a higher chance at a Gallahorn the more times you do something. Like I, I don't mind that this, uh, that thousand voices and the spare on the ghost are such low drop rates. What I do mind is that I need this title because of that. If it, if they just took out the RNG, like the collection part. Yeah. For instance, like, like people should be saying like I am a flawless runaway from being uh, Riven's Bane. Like yes, that like isn't a more attainable yes. thing because you don't you can do the raid whenever and try to go flawless. Yeah, I've already done all that. I just need the Ghost and Sparrow, and I, since I've done it on all three characters, I got to wait till Tuesday. That's not. And when I do finally get the Ghost and Sparrow, I'm not gonna feel achieved, right? Yeah. Like, like yes, I got lucky. You know, let's yeah, I, mean, I think they should just take the collections part out of it. So we got to move on. But I think, I mean, you're coming at it, Stephen, from a not only, I would say, fairly hardcore player, but somebody who plays the game an awful lot. And because there's a lot of people who are in the comments who disagree with your Zer approach, too. They're like, you know what? I kind of like Zer. He was there to give me some exotics yeah. that I didn't get, especially if you look back at D1. Eventually, like Zer ended up selling Icebreaker and Gallahorn. Because mm-hmm. if you played the game for a year plus and never got those things, that was frustrating. Like, well, I'm not saying they yeah. should introduce exotics. Right off the bat and Forsaken, I think it's good. But after a while, okay, come on, like. But that's that's in terms of collection. This is in terms of obtaining a title. A title. No, yes. I hear that. So yeah. uh, let's move on real quick to a couple other things um, that people have discussed. And we, we've we gotten into this conversation a number of times, and we often refer to casual and hardcore. And how do you define that person? And we often go just two categories, which I think, especially for Destiny 2, is not really accurate. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Not hardcore anymore. Life, family, wife, kids. Don't ever say that I wasn't hardcore, Stephen. I already knew where your brain was going. Uh, but it is one of those things where, uh, um, where your brain was yeah, going? I know, I know his, I know how Stephen works. I got him here. I understand. Oh, CJ, you're too old. Um, but it is one of those things where we often say that, and there's a lot of people who message me and they say, Hey, when you say hardcore, I play the game eight hours a week. I don't do raids. I don't do strikes. I just grind out PvP. What category am I in? That's why I don't like only having two boats. Like exactly, it's not that black and white. It's not, and I think it's also not just tied to time. No, no, it's not. And so that's why, like, let's kind of define this a little bit because when I say hardcore, I think. You know, somebody who not only maybe understands Destiny, they might not need to play every activity, but they have at least attempted every activity, whether it's Trials, the Raid, um, PvP, any of those things. And they've experienced enough of it where they can, like, form a basis for, you know, being able to compete in the PvP space or the PvE space and understand, like, you know, what Destiny has to offer. Um, but having said that, that is a category that... Often, yeah, I don't think it fits the bill. There's a lot of different players out there. Yeah. So, you know, uh, a, t- a term Duggan likes to use is um, uh, what was it? Uh, modern core, where it talks modern about the, core. Yeah, he says it a lot. Where it talks about the person who maybe invests a lot Actually of time. Actually, from an internal study. Well, I know, but that's my point. Like he he uses it a we've lot. We've done of our audience. Yeah, but that's the yeah. thing. Like where it's the person who is like everybody in the fire team chat comments who comes and wants to be involved with the game and know about the game. Maybe they don't play it the same way we do, or only play PvP, but don't raid, or only play PvP. Uh, it's interesting. How do you guys actually categorize? And what third category or fourth category would you say there should be when we talk about you know we shouldn't cater to casuals or we shouldn't. 
you know, we should focus more on the hardcore because we really do lump people into two categories. Do you want me to go first? I yeah. do because so my there's... answer is very simple. <laughs> get good or get bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we know Sean already. There after, should be uh... three categories. Like it's it's silly to be casual or hardcore. I'm, I'm like if you're watching this podcast, 99% of the time you're going to consider yourself a hardcore Destiny player, yep. right? Like, I mean, we have seen a lot of comments though from people who are like, "I watch the show, but I don't play the game." That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but if you still play the game and you watch the show every week, I like or people feel like they're casual because of life things. Yeah, and I, I fall into that category. So there's, I make there's, jokes. Yeah. That I neglect my family and children all the time. I love my wife. There's three categories in my opinion. There's yeah. the casuals that literally just pick up Destiny, play through the campaign. Uh, don't even attempt the raid, maybe play PvP a couple times. They don't even, they probably haven't even done every strike in the game and they don't even get to the end game content. They finish the story, they kind of understand what's going on and then they move on to the next game like Red Dead or whatever. That's what I consider a casual. Then there's a second base, uh, let's call it devoted destiny fan. And I think that's devoted where destiny. the majority of players lie. Yep. And what that is, is you play every week. Uh, you know everything about Destiny. You, you've attempted a raid or know about the raids. You know all the strikes. You know all the weapons. Like, you have a lot, a huge information and knowledge of Destiny. You might not just have a fire team to complete such activities or things like that, but you follow Destiny. You play the DLC every time. Like, sometimes there's people with jobs and families. Like, you just can't do everything. But that does not make you a casual player. Yeah. You're still a devoted Destiny player. Yeah. And I consider the majority of players in that, in that, uh, category. Yeah. What would you say percentage wise? Like just throw a number out there. Cause I feel if like you took a hundred, like if what? you took a hundred right. Destiny players, I would say, I would say 40 of them are casual. 55 of them are in this category, like devoted, and then five of them are actually hardcore. Yeah. And when I mean hardcore, you're a completionist. You have three characters. You do everything. You yeah. completed everything. You are a master and of, of all aspects of destiny. You know what each role drops at. You know how to do the thing the most efficiently, fastest way possible. Man, this is a high bar, man. Yeah. And that's what I consider hardcore. Like in destiny one, if you have three characters, you have max grimoire score. You're chasing everything. That to me is what a hardcore player is. Everything else is just a very, very devoted fan base. Yeah. So when, when people consider themselves hardcore and they have like, I don't know, they've never done the raid or anything. It, it, that doesn't take away from you as a player, but I think when we should establish hardcore players as people who are like at the very top of the top. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> What do you think? Now we don't get too much time, so I mean. Oh, really? Because yeah. I was going to go off on a rant. Well, here I know, but <laughs> fifteen but, minutes. But you, you do that. So I don't. Mini rant. Mini rant. I'm very concise about these things. <laughs> um, I don't know that I can sit here and like decide what is hardcore and what is casual. Yeah. But I know that I know a hardcore player when I see it. Yeah, that's all there is to it. Like that's true. Yeah, you can. I don't need to know anything about what Teddy has done in the game to talk to that guy for five minutes and know he's hardcore about the game. Yeah. That's a good way to look Absolutely. At it. Like yeah. it's just something I know. I feel it, right? Yeah. And feels it. I don't think it. What I but what I can't what I what I disagree with you, Steven, is it's like when someone tells me I'm a hardcore player, but I've never done the raid or I've never gone flawless, I think that does take away from it. Because to me a person who is hardcore about the game is regardless of what they've achieved and what they haven't or what they're like life work balance is like 
a hardcore player is someone who's always trying to push forward and attain something and try and be the top level of yeah. something, whatever it is, right? That's why I put them in, in the third category. So, like, great example of someone who I think is hardcore about this game, Brian Malkowitz, right? Yeah. Brian Malkowitz has not gone flawless. He doesn't have any titles. He's done the raid less than you. A couple times. And yeah. more, but more than, yeah, more than me. You right and now. me. Yeah. Like the new raid. Well, cause he's a PVE strike. Yeah, so, exactly. He's a PVE guy. He loves yeah. the PVE stuff, but that dude knows everything. So yeah. I know yeah. when I talk to him that he's a P, that he's a, that he's a hardcore player, but I can't sit here and be like, well, if you're, you're not hardcore, if you have or haven't done the raid or have or haven't gotten flawless or have a higher than 1.0 KD, but like all of those things in some way, uh, do factor into whether or not I think you're a hardcore player. And when I sit here on this show and talk about hardcore versus casual, try not, try to understand that I'm not rendering a judgment on you specifically. Yeah. Cause I don't know what you do or I've never talked to you for the most part. I've only seen your comments like in my Twitter or on the comments section in YouTube. They're so nice. Always. Always. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is that like, uh, I don't think that I don't think that when we talk about how mechanics should be balanced versus hardcore versus casuals, that it is necessarily a discussion about like who is hardcore and who isn't. It's more philosophical discussion about what type of player should Bungie be balancing things for. And, and that's the reason why I wanted to bring it up because I think when we say hardcore player, Stephen's right. Like I think there's a very small, small percentage. And what I would say there's a bigger percentage of, and that's probably what they try to balance for. And obviously want to engage a bunch of people there's a bunch of devoted destiny fans and if you incorporate them within the hardcore because they're the ones following the game and obviously want to take part in all the different activities or you know know enough maybe about certain things whether it's pve or pvp yeah yeah i think when we say casual you know we don't really label the people who just play the campaign and then leave casual but that's what those people feel like i think right like yeah. they feel like oh i don't have the time or i'm not playing as much and i i don't have a crew and i don't raid so that makes me casual there's a lot of people i think who are still like you know a bunch of people reply to me saying i'm light level 650 i haven't done the raid i play every week 5 days a week i play tons of pve i play tons of pvp yeah, but they put them but in that second players. category yeah but then like yeah, it's like they're devoted. us saying that us saying that the game shouldn't be balanced towards casuals or me saying that specifically yeah. shouldn't it, if you're that player, it shouldn't ruffle your feathers, right? But that's but that's the reason I think it's interesting that we kind of like lump throw them into two piles because I think that's a mistake. Probably that I mean everybody labels somebody something, but I think those two categories like casual hardcore, the percentages are not even remotely able to be yeah, I mean, comparable. I'm really right? not interested in labels. I'm also not interested in percentages. Like, no. I know when I see it. Like, yeah. I, but it is, but it is interesting. Like, it's like, if I need to know something about the game, CJ, yeah. I'm not going to go to you. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to go to Steven or I'm exactly. going to go to Teddy. Like, yeah. but, cause they're hardcore. The same way. But do I, I sit here and be like, well, hardcore Steven yeah. is casual. Yeah. Okay. No. So like, yeah. you just, no you just labeled me a casual and that's fine. But my point is, I wouldn't go to you no, either. No, no, no. You don't <laughs> see. That's the thing is, so, I'm very open about what I don't know about yes. this game, which is a lot. I, I am not a. I don't know much about <laughs> the game's lore or the drop rates or anything. Like I ask these questions all the time. Yeah. But when it comes to playing, yeah, I would say I'm very hardcore. <laughs> I. But that's not, what I mean. I would not lose to a lot of people. Basically, but it's not but, black and white. But, but that's yeah, the thing. It's that's not, not black and white. That's what's interesting. I think you think you're hardcore in your in in your <laughs> definition for you. But you don't think I'm hardcore because PVE is a different, you know, space than PVP and whether or not you play it and how you play it. There, there is different. I mean, I have probably like two or 300 more hours than you in Destiny 2. And then in Destiny 1, I think I have almost like oh, 2,000. Of everyone, time. for clarity, 
I have the least hours of anyone on Fireteam. Yeah. Like yeah. Brian, Brian, C-Team, Malkowitz included. Has way more. Yeah. yeah like I don't think – that's why I don't think it's mattered to play – it's not I don't tied think it's in a playtime at all. Yeah. yeah like yeah. you can play a metric ton and yeah. be a noob. <laughs> like <laughs> – it's you heard just, it here. Future Sean versus CJ episode coming up in 2019. Mm-hmm. It's PVP. We'll do it. But like, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say you're uh, casual though. I, I'm I'm in the middle that Stephen talks about. Honestly, a lot of life stuff for me, and it sucks because I've been in this position where I've been traveling for work and doing a bunch of other stuff. I am now officially here for three more years. Had a visa approved, so that's good. Uh, but yeah, damn, exactly. <laughs> but Couldn't life, get rid of you. We, we, almost, we almost got rid of <laughs> Canada here to stay. Uh, but yeah, it's an interesting. Time topic that i think a lot of people have talked about i don't think anyone that watches the show is a casual me either i, I, I think, don't a think a lot so. of those people are the devoted destiny fan or hardcore the, the casuals most people but that's what i mean a the lot of casuals people, are the ones that come into the comments and say do people still play this <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's true and we, we have a lot of good people in the fire team chat comments I, I will say uh okay let's move on to the last couple things bit of a longer episode this week but it's the last one so thought we'd do that for everybody um Real quick, talk about PvP, Stephen, with me. What do you think the state of uh, PvP is? Ooh, um, Jimbo, this should be good. Well, this is a good yeah, one. Jimbo is basically saying, you know, what could they do? Uh, I've also, you know, been a very a good boy this year, so I just really want Trials to return in 2019 uh, with with a Destiny One flavor. Uh, but I think for the most part, we were we were saying this that if you are a fan of the current meta of PvP, which is like shotguns, um, you know, even fusion rifles, which are awesome. Uh, and I'm not talking Queensbreaker and those, you know, sleeper. I'm talking about like regular fusion rifles. Uh, it's really good, but there are some things I think that people now feel a little bit soured with, and I don't know how they continuously balance the meta. But I'm liking it right now. So I play a lot of PvP. I'm chasing. Uh, I almost have broadsword. I almost have not forgotten and Luna's Howl. And those are things I just need to get to legend and a bunch of those things. When are you getting that unbroken title? I mean, the problem is I needed to get some of those things. And I, I personally, for unbroken, I'm not super excited that you have to get multiple seasons of it because now I'm behind because I wasn't able to get to yeah, three seasons minimum. Yeah, three or seasons. It minimum. is three seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I appreciate what that grind is. Uh, but I wish that you could potentially grind tons of it in a season if you wanted to and get it so not excited about that but i i do appreciate that titles there um what's your take on pvp right now how are you feeling about it i like pvp a lot better than it was year one yep however P- the pve is so good now that i just can't get myself away from pve in destiny one i was a huge pvp guy yeah the pve in destiny one was not that great the, yeah there wasn't much let, to let's do. be honest there wasn't anything to do so i yep. only played pvp uh i enjoy the pvp now um but the problem is is I, I've noticed this about myself. I want to work for something, yeah. work toward for something. And PvP to me, I feel like I'm not working toward anything except in comp, but I don't enjoy playing comp unless I have my dudes with me. Yeah. Um, because I know they're all fantastic players and everyone in that playlist is going to be very good players themselves. So like I, I want to put myself in a position to win, but if you're solo queuing, it's almost impossible. It's it's not impossible. It's almost impossible to get some of these weapons. Yeah. Like you, like I know a lot of people got Luna's Hell by themselves. Congratulations! Shout out to them. But it's almost impossible to get not for gone because yeah. then it's tied into winning games. Yeah. Um. So that alone, like and over I'd, multiple se- like not multiple seasons, you get in a season, yeah, but it's super it's, difficult. I don't like countdown. I don't really like survival I don't like either or survival. Yeah. Just just the playlist itself. The the whole comp playlist. I it just. I'm just not open, like very warm to it. So, I mean, you like it better now that it's got control and clash in it. Though. Yeah, and I will say, 
I do think people are overreacting at how bad grenade launchers are in the game because statistically they showed like people still use shotguns and hand cannons and pulse rifles more, but it's still not a fun feeling to get one shot by a grenade launcher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't know. I, I think grenade launchers kind of ruin the game. There's also the time skating problem on PC. Yeah. Dude, I don't, I don't know how much you guys have run into, but it is not fun running into four tines that are all tine skating macroing. They can get from one spawn to the other instantly. They got one eyed mask. It's <laughs> one eyed mask is really okay. It's, I have it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. PvP is fun, but for me, PvE is more fun right now. Gotcha. What's your take? I mean, I haven't been playing a lot of Crucible or competitive at all. Get that gambit grind. I'll do the weeklies and stuff, and yeah. I would consider myself a pretty strong player, but I don't. I haven't really grinded for any of the top stuff. I don't know why. Yeah. But uh, you got to get that now for gone. Oh, yeah, really? So good. Yeah, I will say though, stuff. the heavy ammo changes that they recently implemented does make it a lot better. It does. Before you get heavy on. every like forty seconds, it's yeah. it was terrible. Uh, it's good. Yeah, the that was a better change because I definitely think like. It would be really pro. It's it always sucked when you start a match and then like in the first fifteen seconds you get heavy and you're like, wait, they already have the heavy. Like yeah. it spawns all the time. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Uh, that said, I want I I want Destiny's PvP to keep the interesting things about it. Like people, like I don't think shotguns are that broken. I don't think grenade. Here's an interesting thing: grenade launchers shouldn't one shot if sticky grenades can't one shot. So let's address yeah. that, right? I think like Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> not magnetism grenades. Yeah, talk not about like that. Just not like demagnetize them a yeah. little bit. <laughs> uh, but I think it's in a pretty good state. What I don't, what I think, Stephen, wh- where I'm at with Stephen is that there's nothing that I'm actively working towards that I think is like really gives me a great sense of yeah, accomplishment. Except those pinnacle weapons, but you have to play comp for it, and I don't like comp. Yeah. But even then, is like. Uh, yeah, I recognize Lunas Howl and Broadsword are really, really good. But are they that much better than what I have right now? Because most of I will the time, say Not yes. Forgotten is that much better. Yes. Not Forgotten is. Okay. Because most of the time I don't feel myself losing to these things. Like Not yet. They're not out in the wild very much yet. But when you play against somebody and you get hit not you get killed by not forgotten one time, you remember who that player is. And if you're going up against them with an ace of spades or something else, you know that, oh, this is might this might be a fight that I will lose. Hmm. You start feeling that, especially in comp, because people are grinding those things like so many precision headshots and so many like hand cannon kills you actually feel the difference like i was playing it with steven and i tried his account it's like you know it is one of those things that's the reason why i want to grind for it so i've been paying attention to those things like the way you've been doing gamut i've been trying to do those to get the crucible yeah i mean like overall i feel like it's in a pretty good state but they need to do with pvp what they did with pve and in, in forsaken which is like give people a bunch of things. A bunch of different ways to achieve something that is worth having. And yeah. then with that thing, whatever it is that's worth having, whether it's a title or a weapon or whatever, like if it can display externally so that people know you have it. Yeah. I know for me personally, that's like a huge thing. It was like I would not really care about the title at all if it didn't show other people that I had it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. No, it's really. No, that's right. true. Yeah. Totally. That's 100% true. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And, and it's weird even like we're talking about the post-game screen and all the other things. I understand them wanting to eliminate the salt, but it is one of those things when I look back at Destiny 1, you could see your kills and you could see your deaths and you could see how much damage and all that other stuff. And there was like. Well, you can see, you can still see kills. You not can, the loot, but it's though. KDA, well, KDA, right? KDA. So yeah. that's the thing. Like I, I understand why there's this like perception of, oh, you did good because you contributed to the team. Oh, you hit like, him once. <laughs> well, how many kills did I really get? And it's not a bad thing that it's there, but in some of those competitive game modes, you want to know those details. Yeah, in competitive, exactly. Yeah. If competitive is one, if you want to live up to the word, the name competitive, yeah. I think you got to be able to give hardcore players 
Yeah. Hardcore stat. Because the data you is know? there. It's yeah. there in a bunch of other external Plus, apps like, and stuff like that. Players who are hardcore back comp or they're competitive players, they're going to want to look at that data so yeah. that they can improve. Get better. So they can look at it and be like, oh, it turns yeah. out I'm killing a lot of people, but I'm also dying a lot. Speaking yeah. of so data. curb how many times I die, you know? Yeah. Speaking of data, I would love to see um, – I would love to see DPS damage in in raids without oh, having to yeah. wipe. Right. Yeah. yeah. At the end or at the end of an yeah. encounter. Because you got to call out the guy at, at the bottom. Yeah. So, also, <laughs> that's why they still, don't do it. Isn't it still the case where, like, if you complete the boss, you don't get the score screen at all? Yeah. You have to wipe to see that screen. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, come on. I want to. I want to finish the boss. Pull up the like, the tab and see here's, the damage. Here's your yeah. episodic uh, reference. In World of Warcraft, <laughs> uh, anytime there's a raid, there's literally a damage meter on screen that's mm-hmm. active during the fight. So you can see, like, it's a race. Like, all the DPS people are, and all the healing, because it's also a healing meter, all the DPS people are trying to out-DPS all the other DPS. Yeah. And it creates a friendly competition. Like, oh, in your raid, in your clan, or in your guild, who is the top DPS person? Like, who can you, who is everyone chasing? This guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that is fun. That is cool. And that sets, like... That just gives people a greater sense of achievement when they finally get to that level in the game. You don't even have to change anything except for your menu. Maybe, yeah. Des- maybe Destiny 3. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> oh, man. I appreciate that we got one more in there for 2018. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much. More to come in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Going to move on to the next topic. This one's a little bit of a wrap-up. Uh, it's crazy when you look back at 2018. We had a bunch of different things happen in Destiny. Obviously, Warmind got into there. Uh, that was a pretty good update, but, you know, Forsaken really, you know, took Destiny in a really good direction. We're all enjoying it and still playing it. Uh, you know, obviously Black Armory is, is coming in. People are, people are a little bit mixed, but I'm interested to see what happens in 2019. People are very mixed. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested <laughs> to see what happens in 2019. Um, some of our biggest moments, uh, we'll go through the top three here. These are just picked by me. So there's no science to this. CJ's top I was like, three. hey, CJ's I'm hosting the show, so my <laughs> top three. Um, I think probably one of the top three um, within the context of Destiny and the game itself uh, was the E3 reveal that Kay died. Steven, you know, you kind of pre-called it. You were on one of the shows. And you're like, you know, wouldn't it be uh, kind of weird if Cade had died? I mean, I would feel something then. And then we're like, no, no, don't do that. That would be bad. Cade is amazing. <laughs> I love Cade, but if he died, everyone would be like, holy crap. He yeah. Died. yeah. And they don't, they don't do that. Don't kill Cade. That's don't, not what don't, he's saying. Yeah. Don't kill Cade, <laughs> but make us, make us feel something. But yeah, I mean, so just real quick, talk about the moment. Where were you guys when you actually heard it? I was working at E3. We were all working at E3. Yeah, but where yeah. were you? Like, I remember like where I was. I in, was. I was in the IGN war room. Uh, PSX was on. Yeah. Uh, I heard that they're going to do something Destiny related, but really short. So I tuned in. Um, it's funny because Destin was at that event, but yep. he missed it because they had this right. weird thing yeah. <laughs> when they made you walk okay. from room to so room. So that's my top five <laughs> and they moment. And they played, uh, like they played the moments. trailer yeah. while people were walking. Yeah. So Destin oh, had no idea what was going on. That's the funniest thing because I was in <laughs> the war room too watching that, and yeah. I was like pretty stunned. It was cool. Yeah, yeah, it but was. I was watching Destin's Twitter yeah. because – so, He's like, yeah. apparently Cade's dead. Yeah, so for <laughs> everyone who doesn't know what happened at E3, PlayStation did this really artsy kind of yeah, like show. Yeah, smaller showcase. Yeah, a showcase for all their like, you know, their announcements, right? And the first one was this amazingly intimate sort of like guitar-driven Last of Us 2 demo yeah. where they brought you into a church and it was like all decorated and stuff. But then that was just for their first game announcement. There was another game announcement after that and a couple more after. And They'd move the audience out of that Physically room moved. into another room. And in, since there's like 300 or 400 people there, yeah, it took a while. It took a while. And so a lot of them were stuck in transit, but the show keeps going, right? So oh. Destin missed 
just about like maybe a good half of what happened just because he was break. moving from room to room yeah. and he was pissed. And the fact that he missed the thing that he was there for, the destiny one, is <laughs> so funny to me. It's perfect. Like, Quintessential destiny. <laughs> it was destiny. so funny. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember do, we were in the war room and just, yeah, it was, that was actually a pretty big moment as well, too, just sitting there going, Oh, for us three. Uh, yeah, I mean, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Everyone else in the war room was like, who is that? That's the thing. Yeah. Watching everybody else's, like, they're looking back, and I was like, is that guy important? And yeah. we're like, yeah, it's Kate. It's and Nathan Fillion. It's Nathan yeah. Fillion. And you look on Twitter, and you see all these, like, little memorial things in the Twitter. Yeah, they, have, and, they uh, had a memorial at E3. Yeah, beautiful. and then I, I got a chance to talk with Deej. My biggest thing was, you know, I was like, is he really dead? You're going to bring him back to life. I think that was my, my major concern. You're going to bring yeah. him back to life before the DLC's over. But for the most part, they've held to it. I don't see any sign of Cade coming back to life. Yeah, he's so. dead. I think he's, he's dead. dead. That was a pretty big one. Um, number two, we obviously had the uh, big uh, <laughs> Forsaken launch debate, uh, f- channeling Fran Mirabella. One of our, our best episodes. I uh, wasn't you, on it, but it was well. It, so yeah, yeah, it was one of the most commented episodes because we did this debate format where uh, we did give a chance to have Andrew and Fran kind of comment about what they thought about the raid. Sean and Destin were over here, uh, team elitist. What they thought about the raid, and it was really interesting because Sean, that's when you turned heel with the get good. I'm going to play that for everybody now, but uh, it's actually pretty funny. Well, first off, I don't think you have to fix something that isn't broken. Guess that's done. So the solution is to <laughs> get good. So, oh, wow. there it is. So in that clip, uh, yeah, it was one of those things where I know that you guys had both really good points. I thought, you know, in the moment, I thought that Fran was a little bit off base and, and Andrew as well, too, because you want to believe that this content is made for a game. We would label hardcore. But I think the problem is you guys did come out with the elitist attitude in it, and that is what killed <laughs> people you People keep saying, like, people keep calling me an elitist. Like, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> no, I know. Like, <laughs> but that, that is when That's I not think... a negative thing for me. <laughs> so there you go. Keep it going. Sean, heel, uh, and Dustin. For, for reference, though, I would consider uh, Andrea a casual player. Yeah. I mean, it, it's weird. Like, it, I think she probably did as well, too, within the context of what she had going on that time. But she's played a lot of the game. So it was, it was interesting to hear okay. her friends say. We all have a lot to do. Yeah. Everyone has a lot to do. All of us on this show and the guests who come on here, we're adults, right? Yeah. People think that it's our job to sit out there and play Destiny 24-7. It is, not. It is yeah. not at all. Like, Steve when and I, I and Sean I post- are usually up to like two in the morning and I, then we're dragging ourselves into work going. I posted on Twitter like, I got my dredging title. Someone was like, go outside. And it's like, dude, I was just in Norway. <laughs> like <laughs> Japan before that, Austin before that, uh, Edmonton yeah, before. Like it's just, work. we do work. Like a ton of us this do is, yeah. Fire Team Chat is not how we make no. a living. Yeah, it's not <laughs> like we play a bunch of Destiny, render our opinions, and then come in here and put them on camera. Like, Once a not week. The job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is not the time the we talk about it. I literally, like I said, between approving my visa, spending some time with my kids. I usually wait till they go to bed at 10.30 and I'm like, all right, guys, I'll be on. And then what happens is the destiny magic kind of takes over and I say, oh, last one and we're going to bed and it's one o'clock and then Steven's like, well, why don't we grind for the EP shoddy? Well, it, I can it, do it. Yeah, It's two in the morning. Ah, it'll just take a few minutes. Yeah. I mean, go to bed at five in the morning, wake yeah. up for work at 9.30. So that's the thing. It's like people out there are like, well, I can't do the content because of X, Y, Z. And it's like, listen, I get that. And if you can't, that's fine. Right. Yeah. Sometimes we can't play the game when we want to because we have other life obligations. Yeah. But we figure out a way sometime to do a it. A wise yeah. man once said, where there's a will, there's a way. There you <laughs> go. Steven, destiny addict. Uh, and then I think our final one um, that was probably – this is more of just a fire team chat one. And uh, 
I don't know how to explain this, but we're going to show a quick clip. Big shout out to Fran Mirabella. He's no longer at IGN 18 years. But he this, left because of this clip. He left because of <laughs> no, this. No, I'm kidding. That's, so, that's a joke. So right now we're going to showcase what was our probably best moment of Fireteam chat in 2018. Kind of like at the end of Infinity War when we were like, so I had that thought. Interesting, Mark. Look at his face. Oh, my God. You see yeah. his face right there. Yeah, he had like a little eyes up moment. Travels, but that, you know, he's dead. Brent. Hope everybody saw Infinity War on like me. Uh, so, uh, yeah, See, at this point, I still think he doesn't. He saw it. And yeah. He's just getting on my case. <laughs> oh, you thought he was joking. Yeah. But then Destin goes. At all. But in any event. If you didn't see Infinity War by now, you're not going to see it. Anyway. Um, but yeah, like, so for me, uh, going into it, I was actually like really upset about, um, they just, they gave away this major moment in the story with Cade. Destin still was can't it get Infinity over it. Was really just spoiled for you? I guess so. I don't know. I, I have not <laughs> and at this so point, I, I start to actually feel bad. Joking. Wait, are you serious? But, yeah, uh, you haven't seen Infinity War? It makes a great moment on camera, so, uh, <laughs> you'd think that in, in most people know better, but hey, so let's move on. But I, I did think. generally very good about Welcome to Infinity War. It is yeah, my fault. Anyway, this is what I get for playing Warmind and stuff like that. You know. What did you think of? But uh, so the you go mind. into. But actually, honestly, you should yeah. think about it for the episode. There's people listening that are probably not seen it. <laughs> oh so, my god! Anyway, exactly. Kate is yeah. dead. Kate is, this would be a bonus yeah. scene. I mean, the weird thing is with that Infinity War had been out for a couple months. We won't say the ending of the show in case you haven't seen the movie yet. It is one of those weird things. Even when I was talking about, you know, uh, the reveal here with. The, he's there's some merit to what he's saying, but you can visibly see in that moment that he's he is angry. Pretty, I mean, he, okay. <laughs> I feel like I have to defend myself after this. All right, you guys know minutes. me. I'm a big movie guy. Yeah, I am very, very good about spoilers, and I get on people if they spoil things when they think they're not spoiling yeah. things. Like you guys know Nick Scarpino. Yeah, he's always like, no spoilers, but spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. I'm like, Nick, stop! <laughs> like, stop! You're killing it for everyone, and. So for that, for, for me to be the one who ruins it in that moment, it really pains me. And I wish that that hadn't happened. But to be fair, you can't moment. work at IGN and wait three months to see Infinity War, the biggest movie Apparently of the year for our audience. But guess what? He no longer does. <laughs> he quit because of that. <laughs> yeah. He literally told me in the exit uh. interview, I'm quitting because Sean Finnegan ruined <laughs> Stephen Root conducting exit interviews now. <laughs> that was pretty good. I, I do I do feel bad for him. But the funny thing was is just in tandem with the raid and everything else and how he felt about it. You know, it was one of those things we did not get a chance to give Fran a parting gift. Mm. And Fran, we know you're out there watching. Um, <laughs> it is the holidays. Oh my god! And this is uh, this is for you, Fran. So maybe it's time. <laughs> To right some wrongs. There we go. We're go see a movie. We're making it up for you. I mean, hopefully you've had a chance to do the raid, but if not, this is for you. I mean, we have Avengers. Avengers we have War. Endgame coming up in <laughs> spring, right? How ironic the yeah. title. We should go of watch it with Fran. We, we should, should go, go watch it with Fran. We should go watch it with Fran. Yeah. Hopefully he's watched that. Uh, <laughs> what is we'll the statue of limitations on spoilers? Can we talk about the ending of The Sixth Sense yet? Are we sure that everyone's seen it? <laughs> it's from like 1995, but like, oh, I don't know. Man. There that, might be people watching this who haven't seen it. And it we have to make good. sure that they're, you know, they're covered off on. That moment was pretty good. Lest they get spoiled for a movie I they haven't seen I think when movies at this scale come out, like this anticipated, two months. If you haven't watched it in two months, it's your fault. I yeah, mean, dude. I, I, we don't know if he's actually seen it yet. I, I don't, don't think he has. Think he has. Like, so he has. literally, this is the reason why. When, so happy holidays, especially especially working at a place like IGN, where 
okay, when I, whenever I see – I see big movies on opening day, right? But yeah. that's Friday, right? A bunch of people around here see it Thursday night or even Wednesday, right? Because they, they pre-open movies. So for that Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, you know what I'm doing? I'm at my desk, headphones on, <laughs> listening to music. No one's talking to me because I know that I will hear someone – 10 feet away, 15 away, just like casually dropping spoilers and stuff. And it's not their fault. Yeah. That's my fault if like I don't take the precautions. So yeah. I stayed I'm sorry, Fran, <laughs> but I'm also not. Exactly. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I, I stayed away from the, uh, you know, the, you know, I actually, we just kept blinders on and stayed off the internet for the day that I remember it happening. And then once I knew that Reddit had kind of like, you know, unpopulated that i was like okay now yeah, I'll go back right on. take precautions yeah right? exactly so uh that's pretty much it guys any last final comments for 2018 yeah sh- uh you're gonna do these shout outs yeah you can give a couple shout outs there okay um well i was gonna shout out to the bungee team but it looks like you are doing that so i'll yeah. let you do that well they have do you have chill i guess i though? should take it on now because <laughs> according to the comments i am the shell you're the shell yeah. do you have any names specifically steven I mean, yeah been, uh shout out so. to our entire fire team chat community yeah uh, you guys are the reason we're doing this if no one watched the show we would not be doing this yeah uh shout out to the irrelevant boys uh <laughs> lopez neko hell mound those guys uh do all the content with me. Yep. Uh, shout out to Malky. Shout out to Destin. Shout out to Destin. Shout out to Destin shout for no reason. Just shout out to Just Destin. Just shout him out. I mean, he's probably like, you know, shaking his head at this episode going, yeah. oh man, there was but way too much nice things. Seriously, shout out to the Bungie team. Uh, as much as, as much hate as those guys get, they do, they work hard and absolutely you can't discredit hard work and I mean, I still play every day, so clearly they got me hooked. <laughs> Magic's still there. Yeah, you? Yeah, uh, shout out to Skadoosh and Steve with five E's. That's right. His name's not even Steve, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steve's Chris. name is Chris. Oh, man. But his in-game name so is when, Steve. So when I play guys. with him and they say Steve, I have no idea who they're talking about. <laughs> shout out to Brian Malkowitz, you two dudes, Teddy, obviously. Oh, Brand, Teddy. Destin, not Teddy. of course. Yeah, those guys are Teddy's killer. Gonna, Teddy's gonna. Uh, a lot of, I wouldn't know too, as much about the game if it wasn't for y'all. Shout out to the Bungie team. I met Lars at E3. Like I yeah. was walking by and he flagged me down. Great and he dude. was like, Finnegan, what's up, man? And so like he was a super nice guy. Shout out to Deej for and Cosmo for handling all the community stuff. That cannot be an easy job. In fact, I no. know it's not an easy job. Oh, no. Yeah. And uh you guys handle it with a lot of grace, which I think is cool. Side note, Greg Miller tweeted out a really interesting thread on Twitter today about Spider-Man PS4 because they put the Raimi suit in there. Oh, yeah. I heard. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you guys follow that debacle, but it's a really interesting thread, and it kind of has to do with uh, how devs field audience feedback, which is something that, you know, I think the Bungie team is probably the most skilled at in some of in this whole industry. So uh, it's a really interesting thread. Go read that. But yeah, shout out to those guys. And again, thanks to the audience for me. Like, it's really awesome to be on the show. I love coming on the show to talk destiny with you guys. Yeah. And I read the comments and uh, sometimes they irk me, but most of the time they're really, really good. And so uh, <laughs> thank you for being there. And thank you for watching this whole year. You play into it. You play into it. I, I know sure. you know that. Someone's got to so, do it. Exactly. Yeah. Destin kind of does too. Uh, yeah, I do want to say shout out to, uh, you know, the Bungie team as well. Obviously, uh, you know, Steve Cotton, uh, Scott Taylor, Lars as well. Uh, they were on a lot of those PR trips. You know, we saw them at Gamescom, E3 and all that other stuff. Uh, yeah, even communicating on Twitter, you know, especially when Forsaken was about to drop, a lot of good details they had for us uh, as the content was getting released. Uh, and Deej as well too. Cosmo, uh, DMG, all those guys. Thanks so much. 
I appreciate what you guys do. Also, a special thank you to all the guests we've had this year. Miss Team KK, Dado, just to name a few who stopped by. And I think to all the people in the comments, yeah, thank you so much. We do this weekly because we do enjoy playing the game, and we know that you guys enjoy it too. You might enjoy hating on it or hate that you love it. We appreciate everybody engaging with us on social media and IGN.com as well as YouTube Fireteam chat section. Uh, it's been really good, and thank you for watching the show week after week and talking Destiny with us in 2018. And obviously, Fran Mirabella, we know you're out there. Copy of Infinity Wars coming your way. Check it out. And that's it for 2018, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. And until 2019, Guardians, Guardians out. out. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand-friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.